0: Ladies and gentlemen, a damn beautiful day. We're back again. Grab yourself a refreshment, get your posture up, let's get serious, huh? I haven't had caffeine in about four days, so I might be geeking. Don't mind me if I start going off with old Ben Davis here. <laughs> All right. Seven days from now, we'll be in Boston. Thank you very much, Gloria. Tells. All right, we're here with my uh, my friend here, uh, Ben Davis. You said you were born and raised here.
1: Born and raised. Yeah. Damn. Oh, twenty three years, man. So when when did you
0: start getting into MMA?
1: It was twenty seventeen. So I saw John Jones and Daniel Cormier too, and from that point forward, I was like, "Fucked! I gotta get deeper involved in this," you know, because up until that point, I'd never liked sports too much. I never really like watching it. I played flag football, tackle football, and a couple other things, but I just wasn't connected. I'd watch mm-hmm. and I'd be like, it's just boring. You know, there's yeah, flags, soccer. I'm like, these guys are just running around. Basketball, you know, I'm like, dude, it's just uh, too many points in basketball. I'm like, you're, you're too many points. Let's mm-hmm. fucking bump it down. So with MMA, I was like, high risk, high reward, and it's individual. You know, I think you get to, to really latch on to people a lot easier than maybe some other sports. So, about
0: 2017 yeah dude n- nothing gets you more fired up so have you ever went back and watched some some old school fights like nick diaz type fights or like the dan hardy gsp or you just kind of course. stayed with the new new generation no i
1: mean i mean i'm trying to be a play-by-play i got to do my research i gotta yeah. understand the eras um i've gone back i mean guys like frankie edgar you know i went back and watched those types of careers and uh, especially when charles Oliveira had that tide of rain i'd go back and watch the times where he wasn't considered championship material, right? Oh. Um, so I think that's what I do. If someone's got some steam right now, I'll go back and see kind of five, 10 years ago what they were like. Some of the old
0: school shit. Where'd you end up watching uh, Jake Paul Nate at?
1: Uh, dude, I was at my house. I was doing the breakdown. So Face Sensei and Wade Plem have a show and Wade was commentating the event in Texas and he was like, yo, can you come in and guest host? So I was just like holding down the fort and dude, I mean, my, my plan for Fight Companions, you're like, watch alongs like that is just get as drunk as possible. And, and just <laughs> say some crazy shit. Dude, well, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to stay. <laughs> I don't want to cancel too soon, man. So where do you uh, live at? Just here, yeah, in Arizona. What, yeah.
0: You live in... Uh,
1: I live up in Cave Creek, so, like, north of Desert Ridge. Oh,
0: fuck, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, how did I even find that out? Maybe I saw on uh, maybe your story or something you posted you were in AZ. Yeah. 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 Well, the Jake Paul-Nate fight.
1: <sighs> I mean, Jake looked good. Yeah. Yeah, he's improved. You know, you can, you can tell the tangible increases in his skill from that Tommy Fury fight. And granted, they're different opponents. Like Diaz coming up 30 pounds from, you know, lightweight. He looked better than I was expecting, but at the end of the day, that's still a guy that fought at 155. Yeah. Um, so I think any, any improvements that you could give to Nate, you got to still recognize. Against Wait. a guy like Tommy Fury, I bet he probably looked pretty similar to what he did when he lost.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Jake versus Connor, I mean, that might be, might be more competitive than people think because connor right now i mean connor would be quite a bit shorter but he looks like he's walking around at a solid 190
1: i'd say like 240 probably he looks yeah. fucking jacked <laughs> Dude, could you imagine fucking connor jacked. hits the scales 265
0: <laughs> <laughs> looking like alistair Dude,
1: yeah um no i think that's uh especially if like mcgregor doesn't want to really have a lot more fights in the ufc right doesn't want to compete there uh he'd get a huge bag for fighting jake paul but mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you would want to put up with that because Jake's kind of a nuisance a little bit. Yeah,
0: for sure. He, I mean, he's fucking good at selling the shit. Isn't he, he is.
1: He's a, he's a, he's a marketer, man. Yeah. I mean, we knew that from Vine. We knew that from the Disney days. Like, this kid is a performer through and through. And I have the utmost respect for, you know, both him and his brother. But uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like these guys very much. Do you
0: want to see him get knocked out?
1: Do I want to see Jake get knocked out? I don't know. Because um, it's not like... I, I, I don't want to see anyone lose, really. Yeah. Like, I, I like when people... Put a lot of effort and passion towards something and succeed at it like that's always it's feel good um i think that if he if he did get knocked out i'd be split because half me would be like okay that's you know you've talked so much shit to so many people there's that that level of ooh, that's what you get but at the mm-hmm. same time i'm like you know he's a young dude and he's put a lot of effort into this and and that would be Just mentally tough to come back. It's tough for any fighter to come back from, probably.
0: Yeah, when you're out there and you're looking at a fighter and you just want to see them lose, well, then they're doing their job. You really, (laughs) they're doing their job. (laughs) And why, like, what is it in you that just is it you hate their confidence so much, or they're annoying, or you think they're cocky, so you want them to lose? Really, what is it? But when did you start on Twitter? Start letting it rip,
1: dude. I would say probably sophomore, junior at ASU is uh-huh. when I because uh, I was I was studying finance and so. I was so business-oriented during that time, and I just got really unhappy with it. And so I figured, okay, I got to I gotta pivot and try and figure out what I can do that makes me a little bit happier. And, um, you know, I, I, did, I was an actor for like 10 years. And so I did a bit of sports broadcasting back in the day and thought, maybe there's an avenue here with mixed martial arts, um, if I can, you know. And that's when Twitter, I was like, okay, if I can get a brand going or something, then maybe... I can leverage it. But at the end of the day, it started just because I was like, I want to talk to people about fights because none of of my friends fucking watch fighting. All these finance bros were funnily enough, not combat sports guys. Mm -hmm. So I would be walking like a mile to a a sports club in Tempe that's closed down now uh, called the Ice House. Every Saturday, I'd walk a mile to watch the fights by myself and then walk back to my dorm.
0: And your buddies are into like tennis or different stuff like that <laughs>
1: yeah they're like they're like dude we're gonna go see the croquet matches on Sunday no uh-huh. um they just weren't about it you know there, there were a lot of guys that were you know I'm your big 420 guy they're pretty mm-hmm. pretty weed heavy individuals and so they were like they would sometimes tolerate watching UFC with me and then be like all right let's go back and smoke and I'd be like that's nah, not really you know yeah yeah you're not a big puffer <laughs> <laughs> no nah, not really man you know I like edibles every now and again um but it's just it, it's one of those feeling things no, i like alcohol a lot more
0: you like hitting the booze oh yeah of course man. couple Crushed. shots loosen you up
1: dude the beers come and, on
0: and is that when you start loosening loosening your lips a bit on twitter
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's yeah you, you can tell some nights when i'm a little you know when i'm hitting the sauce a little bit uh it's pretty clear <laughs> is, who's the biggest reaction
0: you've got from on twitter where they got really
1: fired up has said he was gonna put me in the hospital um, Dylan Danis. I was. I was. I wasn't really talking that much shit. Yeah. I think uh, he had posted something again. He was chirping as he always does, and I said, like, I'd fucking melt you uh-huh. or something, which, and I, I, I don't talk shit a lot, really, to, yeah. like, fighters, because, again, I have a lot of respect and, um, you know, a, a decent amount of relationships with him that I understand. It's just, you know, bullshit. But with Dylan Dennis, especially, I'm like, I'm going to twist the handle a little bit, and so he DMs me, and he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to fly you out to spar, and I'm going to put you in a hospital, uh-huh. and I was like, do it. <laughs> like, fucking, come on, so I gave him a deadline. I was like, last week, because I had, um, I had a, a CFFC grappling match, and my foot was fractured in 13 seconds. So I was like, I'm kind of recovering for that. So let me get better. I had some some gigs uh, and some shows. So I was like, last week, July, let's fucking get it going. And I'd hit him up, I'd follow up, and he just, you know, deadline passed and pussy yeah, said yeah. nothing.
0: Yeah, he's a puss. <laughs> he's a big puss.
1: So you, you do some jujitsu? No, man, not at all. Oh, uh, so- dude, yeah, no, it was a, <laughs> it was fun. It's for shits and gigs. Like I don't mind being the, uh, the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. And against Brad Bolton, who was the president of CFFC, legit black belt. Like that motherfucker's talented. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a five days notice opportunity, and I was like, why not? I didn't have anything going on that weekend. But uh, like nine months ago, I was at Easy Combat Sports, or not nine months. No, uh, nine months, my first year at ASU. I did a little bit of there. I might fight ready now, but sweet. It's hard to train, man. I'm on the road a lot. So it's like I yeah, can't. Yeah, what relate. are you doing on the road a lot? So play by play. Yeah. So I work with uh, APFC, so Anthony Pettis' a show on UFC Fight Pass. Uh-huh. Uh, flex Fight Series in Long Island. So I'm actually flying out there today after this to uh, to go to a show. Um and then Empire, which is a show down in Colombia, South America. Damn,
0: so you having a good time doing that stuff?
1: Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just again the best like application of my skill set mm-hmm. is being in the commentary booth and that. That play-by-play rule.
0: Yeah, when did when did you even start popping off on Twitter a little
1: bit? Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I mean, this is my third account, dude. I've had two suspended accounts. Really? Why were we yeah. getting suspended? Um, so the first time it was that's uh, kind of funny. So me and Chase Hooper, Chase is a is a good dude, and uh, I did like this fake fight announcement. Uh, I had Marcel Dorf, the guy who breaks all the fights, he made me a little graphic, and so I did breaking, you know, Chase Super will fight, Ben to Bane Davis at fucking UFC whatever, and, um, you know, at the time, I wasn't at that point well known, and so people thought it was a legit fight announcement, so in the replies, they're going, oh, Chase is going to fucking kill this kid, they're going to murder him, and again, I'm like... If I'm breaking the fight, you should be able to tell it's fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I would reply to people, and I would just repeat what they said. So, like, if you said, oh, Chase is going to rip his leg off, I would tell you, I'm going to rip your leg off. Mm-hmm. And Twitter thought that I was just threatening dozens of people. And so they wow. asked me immediately. And about six months later, I'd started a new account. It was you know going pretty well and i just out of nowhere got banned because they were like you're evading the first ban," you know i was like some some on the run felon you know what i mean and they caught me so yeah that's that's when i had to really try and rebrand and that's when it was a little bit more ben davis oriented versus like because at at the beginning it was just the bane like Mm -hmm. that's all it really was but now it's you know a lot more me
0: yeah i didn't even know they were they really banned people on Twitter.
1: Dude, back in the day, Elon's, you know, he's changed things. It's the Wild West now, yeah. but back in the day with, uh, you know, that, that original team.
0: What, yeah. would, what, would it be, what would YouTube be like if Elon took over on YouTube?
1: Man, you know those, like, Boston Dynamics robot videos? They would just be all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would just be all that, man, on loop 24-7. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was watching an um, uh, interview with GSP and John Danher because they trained with Elon a little bit, and they yeah. said he's really physically fucking strong really really strong um but he said zuck's got the the upper hand because i think zuck's been training for a minute Look, now.
1: i know his, his training partner kai Wu, the shadow and uh kai's been with him for a decent amount of time and uh he, he tells me he's like yo mark's not bad with it yeah he can you scrap know? absolutely so i think you know elon would have the size and mm-hmm. if if danaher's saying someone's strong then you know that they're pretty fucking strong yeah uh but at the end of the day i, th- I think it boils down to the fact that um you know Zach's just been doing it for a little bit too long for me to seriously take elon um,
0: yeah unless elon was like i'm gonna take six months off and i'm gonna train three hours a day yeah for sure at least three hours a day for six
1: months with good people but then it's like that dude doesn't have the time to do that no dude not at all man i mean well it's funny because like he could probably make the time you know he could. He owns everything. You know yeah. what I'm saying. So he could probably just be like, "All right, you guys run this ship. I'm gonna, you know, fuck off and go hit mm-hmm. the mats." But did you see the uh, the dick measuring contest betting no. lines? Yeah. So they were you know chatting about oh like let's just turn it into a dick measuring contest. I think it was like Bet Online or Bet AG released actual betting lines on their dick Good sizes, piece, yep. which I was like, that's fucking hilarious.
0: Damn. And it's like some of those little guys, you know, you don't think, that they got <laughs> fucking hangers dude, on
1: Pack packing me. And dude. some
0: of those big guys, they just don't. But you never know. <laughs> Elon made it seem like I think that he had a big old piece on him.
1: Well, he's you know he's uh, it, it's that ego, man. It's that confidence that mm-hmm. would lead you to believe it. But I don't know. I'm not sure what the uh, the average size is in Johannesburg, South Africa. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I'm sure it's not too bad. Yeah. So
0: they announced uh, Logan Paul versus Dylan Danis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Logan Paul versus TBA. Yeah. Danis I, is not making that fight, man.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'm surprised they have the balls to even book Try that. Try it again, too. But then I saw something to where he'll get fined 100 k if he doesn't make the fight. But uh,
1: with all the crypto scams that they all do, I mean, Danis probably has 100 k to give out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no shit. <laughs>
1: with all the, all the bullshit those guys get up to.
0: Yeah, I don't know where Dylan thinks he's going to even beat Logan Paul or hang with him. Maybe he's showing up. He just wants to – they're going to pay him a million dollars or something, and he wants to get that, that cash. But, God, Dylan Dennis, bro.
1: He's insufferable. And it's tough because, like, I feel he's a guy who – had the world on a bit of a silver platter, right? McGregor's sparring partner, undefeated Bellator welterweight, mm. a lot of hype, um, was gonna fight KSI. You know, I think that there was so many opportunities and uh, for him to just completely fuck them all off, I'm like, that's kind of why I almost dislike him and why I'm, uh, yeah. outside of him being a shit person, I'm like, you could have really done a lot with yourself, but instead you've just been on the sidelines for what?
0: Yeah, letting it rip.
1: Yeah, letting yeah. Letting it fucking rip.
0: So do you have any like routines and stuff with your YouTube or social media or not really? You just kind of go with the flow? Kind of
1: go with the flow. Especially on Twitter. Like I think that's, I've, I've gravitated much more for that platform just because I think it's a lot more informal. It's direct communication with people. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the community environment is a lot better for Twitter. YouTube and Instagram and like TikTok, I've tried... Several types of like content activation, and you know, I'll run this show here, I'll do a live stream, and then I'll do this content for TikTok. It's so none of it really worked. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, so Twitter's the only one that I really am, am super successful with, and I recognize I need to get better mm-hmm. at these other platforms. Like, I've got an editor, and we're trying to cook up some stuff for YouTube, but like I said, man, I'm like, dude, I, I'm kind of happy with the, my plate. I don't want to, you know.
0: The YouTube is just, it seems like it just takes so long. Like this Chris Will X, that's a podcast guy I listen to. He said it took him 300 episodes to get to 100K followers on YouTube. And now he's like way past a million. Um, It's just a slow grind on that YouTube.
1: Yeah. When did you start doing like the podcast and everything?
0: How long ago, Jay? We started the Timbo Sugar Show, I think a little. Close to five years ago, we started the Timbo Sugar Show. And then this one we started what two years ago two years ago for the Red Hawk recap and Fuck yeah it's, it's been going going consistently pretty good uh next week we leave on Monday to Boston and uh Sean hit up the sleep scientist to see how much we should switch our sleep and he put us he wrote down a whole protocol for us to slowly start going to bed later and waking up um waking up later so we gotta, we gotta try to stay up till like 2 30 a.m on Friday wake up at like 11 30 a.m the next day and try to get it dialed in so he's That's just crazy so fast which let me let me just take a peek at the, the thing for a second it's pretty interesting
1: how did you feel about sterling trying to clown on <laughs> the sleep schedule and all that
0: yeah i mean who's who it's gonna go either way it's either either yeah. sterling's gonna choke him out or sean's gonna knock him the fuck out so yeah we don't really know let me let me look here this is the oh yeah optimal Sleep plan here. But Sterling, there's eventually, if you're not doing this kind of stuff to keep your longevity up, you're not trying to eat healthy, you're not trying to really take care of your sleep, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. And if Sean goes out there and snipes Sterling in the first round because he's overextended and he's really forcing to take down too much and gets cracked and slept, then maybe people start taking it a little more seriously.
1: Hop on the mic and go, that's what the sleep schedule does, bitch. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. No, there's a whole fucking thing. I don't even want to go read it because it might be. it's just dense yeah it might be boring
1: well I mean it's the amount of data that you could probably extrapolate from you know nine hours of sleep like REM versus you know
0: but these guys I mean they 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 know they're gonna try to get him at the uh, like optimal ready to fucking go optimal reaction time at that exact time so it'll be interesting first time to Boston you been in Boston before? Yeah,
1: yeah. Boston's a good city, man. Is it? It's fun. It's very historic. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of those East Coast cities have a lot of history, but uh, Boston is great because there's so many preserved areas. Oh. So like one street you could go on and it's modern, paved. This is, you know, just traditional like uh, city planning. But then the next street is literal cobblestones from 1798. Just the which, hood. Yeah, no, yeah, just the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the uh, the colonial hood, man.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, oh, so Connor, yeah, I mean, Connor, Connor, I love his tweets, and then he deletes him in the morning, so I wonder if he gets some good bo- booger sugar in him, Yeah, gets fired up, shadow boxing in his room, maybe t- takes a couple shots of whiskey. Hits the
1: line and goes, yeah, it's time ah, to get crazy. Starts tweeting, it's fucking sweet.
0: <laughs> but then he deletes it in the morning, so it does make you think, maybe he is ripping some bumps.
1: Yeah, the fact that he walks back, it would be different if he just like left it all up and was like, you know what? You know no delete policy uh but it's it's almost funnier that it's deleted because like then it, when people have those screenshots like tweet has been deleted I'm yeah, like, dude. yeah. <laughs> all
0: right let's talk about what's next for these champions here so we got izzy adesanya and they just announced him versus strickland
1: mm, uh-huh.
0: damn so what what are the odds going to be there's got to be really
1: i think strickland's like plus three or plus 400 oh okay not close yeah mm. Betting betting Republic is not confident in Mr. Sean Strickland.
0: Yeah, I'm curious their game plan. Are they are they really gonna just like focus, be like, I we gotta take him down. We gotta mm-hmm. take him down at least a couple times, zap his energy a little bit, or is Strickland gonna start marching at him with his chin up in the air, swatting at punches like that, because that's gonna be a dangerous game to play with someone as fast and as accurate as Israel.
1: Yeah, and especially I think the the Alex Pereira fight. You saw how Sean's approach doesn't really work against these extremely diverse strikers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Israel and and Alex are are quite different, but I don't know. It's difficult for me to define pathways to victory. Yeah, sure, grappling. Okay. But everybody said that in Israel's career. (laughs) And he's passed that test outside of, you know, the 205er and Jan Blahovich. So it's like, I, I like Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis and that whole team up there, and they're amazingly hard workers. I just don't know what he can do, especially after that yeah. performance. Israel knocking out Alex like that. Dude, that guy, is, he's got some steam right now. Fuck yeah. yeah,
0: and and in his hometown. And Izzy just seems like the type that he's just gonna work hard no matter fucking what. He's not gonna be one of those champions that just is
1: burnt out, trying to just get by. Well, he's they got good roots, man. I've been to the City Kickboxing in Auckland, and uh I chat with Eugene Behrman for a little bit and the, the facility that they have is so unique because like some gyms like you see the atts and the AKs, they got these huge open floor plans and all the facilities in the world. Dude, they're in just like a fucking garage. Still. Yeah, chittle. it's like a two-story, yeah. I the Uber <laughs> Uber pulled up. I was with my dad and uh one of his buds, and we were like, is this actually, you know, where you know out of your trains and Rudell and all these these uh hooker and all these guys? And yeah, and I think that that level of just humble roots, grounded mm-hmm. uh is, is really helped out
0: can you imagine if sean strickland is the champ
1: dude i mean disney would (laughs) disney would pull the plug (laughs) disney would be like nope you gotta you gotta remove him you gotta assassinate him
0: and then he just has so much money now maybe he starts buying some
1: chains and stuff dude what do you think if if you give sean strickland a million dollars what do you think he would buy with that
0: yeah i don't know maybe try to buy a tank (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Dude.
0: A tank or a bazooka or something.
1: Little M1 Abrams with Sean Strickland just right in front of him. He's on the PA system just shouting every slur imaginable. Yeah. Oh, God.
0: And then we got Leon Edwards. Nothing official for him, right?
1: Nothing. I mean, the rumor of Bill is obviously Colby Covington, um, which is deeply irritating, I think, because Bilal Muhammad's right there. I get... Not a lot of people love him, mm-hmm. uh, but he's on a 9-fight win streak, 10-fight unbeaten streak. He's beaten, I think, three or four guys in the top 15, two of them in the top 5 or 10, right? So the fact that Covington's best accomplishments in the last five years are losses to Kamaru Usman irritates me that he would get a shot over uh, over Bilal. Because the thing is, oh, well, he sells pay-per-views. Does he? every pay-per-view he's on is stacked and mm-hmm. when he fought rda and we got those you know viewing numbers from fox they were like yo this is like the lowest viewed uh you know event that we've had mm-hmm. and i think that one was for the interim welterweight chap like title so i don't see the uh i don't know i don't see the appeal man of colby
0: yeah it sucks it's almost like the tony thing when he was on that big streak and then see what yeah. happens to tony but balal is a motherfucker and i wonder if the ufc sits down and they're just like don't want this guy as our welterweight champ we just don't
1: yeah i mean i could see that i could see that being their thinking but again i go well he's fucking earned it so it's like do you want to be taken seriously as a sport or do you want to just be wwe entertainment-esque and fit in that category more so than you already do yeah um (laughs) <laughs> but i'm just waiting for the slap fighting on the prelims these days man i just i can't wait for you know big gun hercules versus Cash Pack redneck <laughs> have you watched a
0: full episode of that no fuck no dude <laughs> it makes it a little better when you watch a full episode because they're such fucking characters yeah and it's like yeah i want to see these guys just slap the fuck out of each other but the highlights are like ugh.
1: it well that's dude the um I don't know what the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting was a couple weeks back but there was a doctor where the, some of the UFC reps were like yo it's safe like it's good and then like a well respected doctor stands up and goes no these are some of the most gruesome injuries that I have ever fucking seen yeah. like it's just it's kind of uncomfortable that they're pushing this so heavily despite a lot of feedback that's going this isn't good for people and the UFC's mm-hmm. like no you're going to love it you know watch on Rumble <laughs> like
0: yeah i mean they still get that that feedback but then still the views are just like huge
1: on, i mean on social media yeah yeah it's, i guess it's the a, clips it's a sport for tiktok i mean it's a it's a sport for uh you know those those instagram reels and youtube shorts but does that really um mean it should get this huge push and should be platformed by the ufc i don't know um, i don't yeah, know hard to say
0: so yeah i mean it, it would make it way more exciting if leon i mean if comzat was still in the welterweight division
1: yeah man like fuck
0: but that's gonna be gonzo and then we got comzat paulo costa We got in that one.
1: It's an interesting one, you know, uh, because I think that Chemayev had a lot of struggles with the grappling against Gilbert Burns, and Burns is an unbelievably talented, you know, grappler. But uh, at the end of the day, he spent a decent amount of his career at 155, and so Shmaev struggling to take him down, then going up against a true 185er in Mm -hmm. Paulo Costa i kind of feel like he's gonna struggle a little bit you know what i mean that size and that athleticism of apollo is um you know it's there and does he sometimes joke around and take training a little bit maybe not as seriously as he should sure but like i've seen that dude come into fight ready before i've seen him hit the uh the bags scary guy's a monster he's fucking fucking athletic freak so i don't know i think shamaev can certainly pull it off um paulo costa's put up some weird performances that luke rockhold fight i was i was like what are you doing you know costa what are you doing? Uh, so I think, I don't know. Depends on the, the game plan, but I I picked Chimayo like 7 out of 10 times. Really? Yeah, 6 or 7 out of 10 times.
0: Yeah, I mean, how, how much how much did it have to do with of going down to 170 and really depleting himself against Gilbert yeah. and then just starting with that pace? I'm curious what kind of pace he's going to come out with. Is he going to sprint right at him, try to take him out, or is he going to be a little more calculated with his energy? Three rounds.
1: I think th- he's sprinting. I, I think that, I that motherfucker's a sprinter, baby. I fucking hope.
0: But... <laughs> I mean once it gets to a 5 5 minute round fight is he still going to be sprinting?
1: What's it's interesting because he's got that uh what, that like Swedish wrestling background, right? So I mean those guys are wrestlers and you know more than me, those gas tanks don't ever mm-hmm. really deplete. Like you can just roll for hours and days. And yeah, it's when you're fighting in an actual, you know, UFC fight, it affects the cardio differently, but like I don't know. Chamayev showed some holes in the stamina against Burns, but I think that was maybe a one-off. I think he's mm. you know, he wanted to put on a show. He was he was a gamer for the audience in that yep. fight.
0: And then we got Islam Makhachev and that got announced him versus Charles number 2, right?
1: Yep, doing the rematch in Abu Dhabi, I think. Or is it Abu Dhabi? I
0: don't I don't think know. I
1: think it's Yas Island.
0: October. I think it's on yeah. that same card.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't know about that one. Um Charles Oliveira has maintained the belief that it was a bad night at the office. You know, I didn't show up. Happens. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like it's going to happen again because Islam is it's just different. Dude. Mm-hmm. And that fight with Volkanovsky, you know, were there a lot of chinks in the armor that Volk was able to find? Absolutely. But I, I think Islam's going to get better from that performance. So you're talking about a guy in Makachev who's going to level up against fighting the pound-for-pound best in Volkanovsky, taking on Charles Oliveira, who's in the back of his mind going, I got demolished in the first fight, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know, I think I think Makachev retains, but dude, a little Dubronk's era round two, yeah, I, I mean, would love a second title range for Olivera.
0: The way Charles Olivera throws those knees, stands up, he throws like, I mean, fast lightning hit yeah. kicks. It's definitely possible for him to knock him out. It's definitely possible. And then maybe this time he won't just accept the takedown so easy yeah. um, and try to avoid the half guard because his arm went right into the half guard, shut down a lot of his attacks from the guard
1: um what's o- that pulling guard i mean that was the, the the live and die by the double-edged sword of you know when you do get rocked going okay i'm gonna take a little standing 10 count yeah. or sitting 10 count and nobody's really followed him down to the ground his like yo fuck it you know yeah. i don't think charles expected that but
0: yeah and he did such a smart job at making sure it was into his half guard not his full guard and then we got volkanovsky does he get booked again?
1: No, I think he's. I think he's on the shelf a little bit right now. He's circuit. got options, dude. I mean, if he wants to take another crack at 155, imagine a fight with uh, any of those top dudes. I mean, Volk versus Michael Chandler, Volk versus Dustin Poirier, um, mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje. Like, I think those would be some really fun matchups. That uh, he's do- he's done everything at 145 right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe Ilya Taporia, if you want to get another title defense going. But uh, I'm like, dude. Eh
0: maybe he wants to do kind of what Izzy does and just literally take over the whole division
1: he's done it I yeah. mean inside the top I think he's beating everybody in the top five outside of Ilya mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know even with Ilya as talented as Ilya Tepori is I'm like Volkanovsky's different yeah
0: I mean yeah you could just stay at that weight and keep stacking the cheddar keep stacking the checks
1: would you how how far away do you think Alex Volkanovsky is from like the GOAT at 145 he's got to be there already dude yeah
0: at 45 who else whose else is even in the i think
1: the names are holloway and aldo but i'm pretty didn't volks beat aldo right you beat jose aldo i don't i'm not
0: sure if they yeah. fought i'm not sure if they fought
1: that would be funny if i just completely just <laughs> imagined a fight yeah
0: <laughs> then we got al sterling Aljo's looking fucking huge dude, dude you know, he's it, big. he is big and he is strong um Yeah, we we plan on seeing the best fucking Aljo, dude, because he's going to be confident. He's going to be confident that he's going to run through Sugar.
1: What is the you know? Because I think stylistically, this is a challenge that you guys haven't faced Mm -hmm. in the UFC yet, and not giving too too much away, of course. But like, how do you adapt that for this training camp? Like, what has been the 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 pivot? Just bring in wrestlers. Just bring in the grapplers.
0: Yeah, and literally Sean's whole career. He's been such a flashy striker that everyone is like, hey, just cut him off and put him on the fence. Cut him off, put him on the fence, take him down. Every single person's game plan that was. And it's it's easier said than done with him. Yeah. Because he doesn't do the same things all the time. And he's, he's really, really dangerous when it gets on the fence. But Aljo is so fucking spazzy. He's so spazzy and strong. I, I rewatched his fight with Pedro Munoz yesterday. He comes out and throws like 10 kicks in a row. Just like just spazzy fucking kicks um i mean yeah just wrestling with better guys and just doing the best we can be getting heart ready for five rounds getting his body prepared for five rounds it's gonna be a fucking tough fight though
1: in terms of uh when you look at sterling's title defenses and his, his reign as the champion there a lot of people would say that there's asterisks you know you got the illegal knee you've got dillashaw coming in with one arm basically mm-hmm. you got Cejudo off the shelf do you think that there's that many asterisks or are you like you know that guy's a real bonafide fucking champ
0: the asterisks what, what does that mean
1: that means like there's there's questions like you could say oh it's a title oh. defense but Dillash has coming in and injured it's a title defense but Cejudo hasn't competed in years you know what I mean like people try and discredit uh, his yeah. reign
0: I mean yeah him the way he looked against Cejudo I mean it's like damn even, even though Cejudo had that long off uh, who else and then peter yawn the second time peter yawn is a fucking animal yeah he's a scary animal and he fucked him up peter made couple mistakes couple mistakes and then I, one mistake and I was just gonna be on your back for the whole round 100%. One, one stupid yeah. mistake so I don't know I, I just think he's so dangerous and I think he's so big for the weight class his jiu-jitsu is so good his wrestling isn't like that great but put a cage in there cage now, and, now and the chain
1: to, of it man I mean he's just not fucking yeah. stopping
0: a good back taker. Uh, it's different if it's just a good wrestler, but he's a good back taker. He's good at jujitsu, and now his confidence is really high.
1: And he's got that great team. I mean, yeah. Sarah Longo uh, is is I would say one of the more underrated groups mm-hmm. in in the scene right now. And you got Marab up there, and uh, obviously Frivola, You know, just a really solid group of guys to train with. Um,
0: it looks like he was doing most of his fight camp in Vegas.
1: Really? Oh, at uh, Couture.
0: Yeah, it looked like it at Couture's and I think he was just using a lot of the physical therapy and stuff. Fair. That the UFC PI cuz I'm sure he was beat up and battered after Henry, so getting worked on a lot there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's weird. It's weird that it's all already here. It came up so fucking quick Dude, yeah. it seems
1: like. How does it feel for you, man? Cuz this is probably like the first first UFC title camp that you're kind of heralding and yep. that's got to be a crazy experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem. Uh, people ask that on the Twitch all the time, but it doesn't seem that much different. It doesn't seem yeah. that much different. We're doing the same thing. It's just our workouts are a little longer, and we started a little bit earlier. Yeah. um How? Yeah, it's nerve wracking. If
1: so. If you think about the uh the phrase "Tim Welch," you know, UFC champion coach, uh uh-huh. that probably sounds good.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I was because I was with Robert Fallas for a while, and he mm-hmm. he was the coach of Randy Couture, coach of Misha Tate, coach of Some, uh, I'm pretty sure Rich Franklin, Nate Corey, a bunch of guys that were up there in the title champions and stuff. And yeah, to do that, it would be crazy, but it's really, it's really any coach. I really just got blessed with a good athlete. Yeah. Sean's a good fucking athlete. You can be the best coach in the world, but if the, the athlete can't go make that happen, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So he can, he can go make it happen. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. I, I try not to think too far too far ahead. It's like, we still got to get through this motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Dude, I feel that. It's baby steps.
0: Yeah, at the I, end of the day, it won't be our last title shot. Yeah, But I, I think Aljo, if he forces the takedown so much, he, he really knows he needs to get to the ground, he might get knocked out. There's yeah. like a good chance. Because Sean fucking is so accurate with his left and his right.
1: Especially on the inside. I mean, look at the, the Almeida fight. You know, Thomas mm. came in a little bit too wild and just pop, pop, pop. Boom, boom, gone. just got pieced. Yeah up.
0: Okay, then we got uh, Pantoja at flyweight.
1: I'm trying to. Th- I mean, Roy Val, right? I think that makes the most sense. Brandon Roy Val get Raw Dog back in there because he just knocked out Mateus Nicolau, I think, in April. Mm-hmm. Um, who was? I think that was a top five matchup. I think both guys were in the top five and. He's undeniable. I think Roy Vaz is, is one of the most fun fighters on the roster. The, that Kai Kara-France fight was just a back and forth uh blitz from both individuals and I I'm glad to see that the 125ers have had such a turnaround because I know I mean yeah, Dana was trying to cut him at one point in time and now it's like dude, after that that quadrilogy with Figueredo and Moreno, I think there's a lot more respect uh, downstairs for those yeah, guys. Yeah, for sure.
0: I remember one time at the the lab Henry bought, brought in Pantoja, and sean wasn't even in a fight camp right now and um and he had they had pantoja pantoja was getting ready for a fight they had pantoja fight sean at the lab three rounds in a row Jeez, he, he didn't even expect to be doing that and this was probably six or seven years ago yeah and had him go three rounds and right off the first round sean came out and hit him with a liver shot and put him down Jeez. put him down that would have been the end of the fight
1: Well, hey, Sean can cut down to 125, maybe. I don't know where those 10 pounds would come from, man. Maybe we got to get the hair, a little bald Sean action. (laughs) Bro,
0: I I think it was his pro career. He did cut down to 125 once. And he just looked so fucking bad, dude. I remember when we were cutting the weight in the hot tub and every bone in the back of his spine, you could see every single one. He just looked like an Ethiopian just
1: dying there. your yeah, doctor's like we don't even need the x-ray man i can just look at you yeah, right now yeah. and see everything yeah that's insane how did the fight go like wait when he cut that extra weight could you really see the tangible like effect on the speed or the pop and the punch like what was the uh
0: yeah because we i mean usually you have to wait you have to wait especially when you cut at least 20 30 pounds you have to wait a little while to get food in you yeah and i i was on the trip we were in montana and i made him some spaghetti and i was like just have one bite of the spaghetti it was like half hour after he weighed in and he had like 10 bites and that just fucked his gut up all night into the next day fight day he had acid reflux he was puking just from eating that that uh that little spaghetti the, man the tomato sauce too soon Fuck. people don't realize that with fighters how many guys are dealing with fucking gut aches in that cage because they rehydrated the wrong way or they ate some foods that their body's not used to so they're worried about puking or shitting themselves the whole fight so it's hard to focus on the fight uh, that happens more than you think.
1: Yeah, dude, yeah. For sure. I'm trying to, I got to cut some weight, man. I'll tell you what. Are you getting, <laughs> gotta, a, little,
0: getting a little gut on you? A little,
1: little gut on me, a little chub. Dude, it's getting. It's the road beers, dude. Is I it? put them down. When I when I drink, I drink,
0: you know. You, so you get buzzed up, you get buzzed up with some of the other commentators and you guys just Always. have a time?
1: Oh, dude, yeah. I think that's like one of the, the, you know, byproducts, a joy of of doing it is just hanging out with these really cool dudes, especially in South America. Like me and Mickey Gall were commentating a show not too long ago and, um, I think we stayed like an extra two days after the event, and bro, every night so much fun heading out in uh, in Medellin, and uh, he's a funny guy. Dude, he almost killed me. It's a funny story. So it's last night, two in the morning, we get back to the hotel, we're just drinking a little bit more in the lobby, and this entire. Week, I see him popping the Zen patches in, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not a big nicotine guy, I've, I've you know smoked a couple cigarettes here and there. Uh, but I was like, Yeah, let me try one of those, you know. So I, he's like, All right, so I take one of the zin packs, I pop it in my mouth, and after five minutes, I'm like, Yeah, I'm okay, you know, because mm-hmm. I just dude, I, the feeling of it just yeah. hit me. And so I'm sitting down and it's just not getting better. And he's like, Mickey was like, Yo, man, you okay? You're getting a little pale. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I'm not doing it. I was in front of the toilet for an hour, dude. Oh. I was just there, like, fucking, No, no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on these trips and stuff, are you swiping on Tinder? Or are you looking for strange at all?
1: Uh, man, it's weird because like, I uh, I was in a relationship for the last five, six-ish months. And so on the road, I was I was a good boy. You know what I mean? But uh, now that I'm single, who knows what's going to
0: happen? So you were dating a girl from AZ here and then it, it yep. th- things went south?
1: Yeah, it fizzled. Incompatible, man. Just right. what
0: happens. Because she was just into some other stuff and just didn't have the same paths.
1: I think so. I mean, I think it was a a, a communication problem. Like we just weren't communicating effectively, mm-hmm. and the problems. I thought we had like good problem solving, and that turned out not to be the case. But at the end of the day, like she she travels a lot for work too, so it's funny because like we live in Arizona, but it's it was basically a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, all right, but life moves on, baby. Yeah, and so we keep the train rolling.
0: So you're actively uh, on the on
1: the hunt. I mean, I wouldn't say actively on the hunt, but if the hunt comes to me, who am I to say no? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I guess like especially in New York, I've got you know, I'm going out for PFL playoffs for like like nine or ten days, and the Big Apple, baby.
0: And you're wearing that black suit around
1: the Big Apple, you're oh good to dude, go. yeah.
0: That'll make the pusses
1: wet. <laughs> Do you think so? I I've got the opposite experience, man. Some people are like, "What the fuck are you wearing, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. because that's the thing is like I wear this everywhere, and you know, it's the brand. You got to stick to the brand, and it was hard." last year especially at international fight week because you up in vegas in july it is just boiling <laughs> and i dude i'm out on the street doing like some on the street videos and i just i feel like all the sweat on my back dude i was Fuck like
0: it. Well, in the summer times maybe you could just put a black wife beater on <laughs>
1: <it> <laughs> maybe say, man. this is my summer fit you look yeah you You're sweet.
0: <laughs> okay here let switch directions here a little bit this is from navalism this is from naval he said two kind of fools those who take religion literally and those who think it has no value Mm. you religious guy
1: No, I went to, I went to a Catholic school and um, when I was in college, I was like trying to give religion uh, a a real, a better rub because when you take like theology as a class every day, you just kind of conflate it with math or English. Like it just becomes a class. So I didn't think I was authentically trying to give it a chance. So at ASU, dude, I was like going to Bible studies each week. I'd go to mass and uh, I went on a mission trip because the whole time, like I, I just didn't feel like it clicked. Every time I hung out with those people, I was like, this doesn't doesn't feel like the environment that I'm supposed to be in. I'm just not really gelling as well. And so I fig- every time I would feel that, I would just up the ante. I'd go, well, maybe I need to go to more Bible studies. Maybe I need to go to another mass, and then at the end I was like, "Well, maybe I just need to go on a mission trip, <laughs> and maybe it'll connect." So I'm down in Nogales handing out rosaries to people. I'm just like, "The fuck am I doing, dude?" <laughs> so it's just not—it's not for me. But I think that there is a lot of value in it because it's a belief system. At the end of the day, it's what in, engages you and motivates you, uh, and morally, right? If you're you're sticking to the right path because you the Ten Commandments, you're following that to a T. It's just being a good person. I think at the end of the day so
0: yeah for sure because were you influenced by your parents at
1: all Were no. They religious? no my parents weren't religious at all so that's the thing is like it, i think a lot of people that are religious it's because they grew up in that environment and they, they were brought up in it uh my parents like we would go to um we, like on christmas we'd go to one mass a year and every time i remember when i was younger i'm like what are we doing here mm-hmm. like once listen Guys, if you get to heaven and you're only doing one a year, yeah. <laughs> you're not getting in. <laughs> you're not getting in. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't do it too much anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How about you, A big religious guy?
0: No, I, I mean, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, so I've been curious oh, about it. And even uh, Robert Falls, that coach Robert Falls, he was raised a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, his brother ended up committing suicide because wow. if you leave the religion and you get disfellowshipped, then your family's supposed to kind of shun you. You're not, your family's not supposed to talk to you or anything. So I've always been just curious about different religions. and
1: What and, what, did, and, and, what was the thing that Jehovah witnessed? Was it like a... Uh, it,
0: I mean, 144,000 are already chosen to go to heaven. But then when okay. the world ends, then everyone else that has been Jehovah's Witness or whatever have, will go to paradise. And oh, there's a paradise yeah. on earth. Okay. And I've asked them a lot about the, like the paradise. So on the paradise, like grizzlies won't bite you. You never have any, do you keep your memories? They're like, well, no, you keep the good ones, but you don't you leave the bad ones. I'm like, well, technically that's not you. Yeah. Uh, they, Yeah. It's some crazy stuff. <laughs> you're not supposed to play sports. You're not supposed to be around worldly people a lot. So I would never was able to play sports until I was 14 when wow. my parents got divorced. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty intense.
1: That is, could you imagine getting to paradise or heaven and then a grizzly bear attacks you? You're like, fuck! Yeah, yeah. But then
0: he's cool. <laughs> he's like,
1: ah, oh, what's up, dog? Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's a Corona, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's
0: All right. wild. Though. All right, here's another one from Navalism. Mm. Bitcoin is an exit from the Fed. Defy is an exit from Wall Street. Social media is an exit from mass media. Homeschooling is an exit from industrial education. Remote work is an exit from nine to five. Creator economy is an exit from employment. Individuals are leaving institutions. So, did you go to college? Yeah, yeah. and What did you go to college for?
1: So, I did a honors finance over at ASU. So, I graduated last year.
0: And was it worth it?
1: I think it's it's interesting because um, there's a lot of ways to cut that cake, right? I think it was beneficial because of you know um, you t- you learn just a lot of critical thinking skills. And the networking and the experiences that I was able to have at ASU, I really appreciated. And a lot of the friends that I met there are great dudes uh, and and gals. But ultimately, I don't use my degree at all in sports broadcasting or, you know, MMA media shit. Like, I don't use my finance degree. So it's nice to have in the back pocket because maybe one day once this all fails, uh, I can just go back to that. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's – I don't regret it. I think it's 2BD on whether or not it was worth it. Because did you did you get
0: loans out or? Yes, yeah, so I
1: got scholarship. So um, I'm a pretty good standardized test taker, and so my ACT I got like a 31 or something, and then my grades from uh, high school and uh like the clubs and all that bullshit. I was able to get a, a pretty good scholarship.
0: So you weren't super in debt.
1: Nah, no debt. Thanks. Because
0: for someone who has to literally go to that that student loan office and check off all that debt, <laughs> like,
1: you're fucked. Uh, you're start you're starting off six feet under. You know, I think like that's the. Um, insane position that a lot of people have coming out of college is like, again, yeah, you're down 60 grand or something. And then if you want to go into grad school, like let's say you're doing pre-med, there's another couple hundred grand that you're just eating. So, um, I don't know. I'm definitely blessed and, uh, truly I'm always grateful for the position that, you know, I'm into mm-hmm. to try and do what I do. Cause if I had debt or like I, I needed to pay off shit, I would have to be working like more of a conventional nine to five or some remote gig. And I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Dude, with your personality and stuff, you sh- I think you should get consistent on YouTube once a
1: week. I know, I, dude. It's I'm so I would I would want to coordinate with like a co-host because I wouldn't want to do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. And my boy Mac Malley, who's one of my closest friends, great guy on Twitter as well. Um, he's the hardest person to coordinate with, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're the one guy that I want to do this shit with. But he's uh, he's just hard to hammer down, man. So we'll see. When it happens, it happens. It doesn't feel like the right time to do something long form like that but i mean even if
0: it wasn't long form even if it yeah. was a recap of the fights or, or or before of the fight and if, if it was like five ten minutes long <laughs>
1: Did you imagine a little five minute pot a week yeah <laughs> that'd be funny some people have
0: those naval has a five minute pot a week
1: that's amazing well, how do you what do you crunch in five minutes like what are the things you get to true yeah, yeah chop cut it up out.
0: okay navalism another one by him says a taste of freedom can make you unemployable true that's an interesting one yeah because did you ever have a nine to five
1: um so i mean i in college i had a lot of jobs so i was like bartending um i was pretty involved like i taught for three years at asu which was a lot of fun um so i was always involved doing something but yeah i mean when i i did commercial real estate for a year and a half over at lean associates interning and then I worked at Amazon, which I think that was that was that wasn't nine to five. That was twelve hour shifts. Um, so dude, Just yeah. delivering? No, not even delivering. I was area managing. So I was down at the fulfillment centers in Goodyear. And again, I live near Desert Ridge, bro. So I'm mm-hmm. like, that's an hour drive. That's two hour each way plus twelve hour shift. I was not having a good time those those three months for that internship. But yeah, I was managing. I had like thirty six employees that I was. Responsible for, and I was like, fucked. I don't know what I'm doing. I had the the L6s and the L7s coming down, uh, you know, upper management. And they're like, Ben, you're shutting down the factory. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I <laughs> think I'm 20. <like, "I'm> <laughs> How did you get your first gig with like commentating? So it's it's interesting because I did esports for about 18 months. So I worked my way up through the esports uh, MMA world, which was like, you start with like aggro fighting and then you go to like Rage of the Cage, and then you go to, which is funny because I commentated for the actual Rage in the Cage, mm-hmm. you know, here in Arizona. Um, and then I worked my way up to the ESFL. Which was like the UFC's affiliated league.
0: Just and sending them your, your resume
1: or? So I was, at the beginning, I had, because I did some sports broadcasting in high school. You know what I mean? Um, I did like live streams and I would commentate, you know, home varsity games and whatnot. So I chopped those clips up, sent it to the esports orgs. So they were like, yeah, sure. And then. I took the eSports clips and sent that to Rage in the Cage. And they're like, yeah, sure. And I took the Rage in the Cage clips, send that to Flex and you know Empire and other places. They're like, yeah, sure. So it's just like this snowball of, you know, my sizzle reel gets continually better and better. And now it's like with APFC, I get to go, hey, I'm on UFC Fight Pass. Here's my show intro. Here's some, you know, edits from my, my show with Anthony Pettis. If you guys want me, take me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it's I think that's just the, uh, the, the cream of uh, how to do, I don't know. I mean, again, I've t- I didn't study sports broadcasting. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out as mm-hmm. the plane's falling to the ground. Um, but it's, it's going okay. Yeah, it's pretty badass, dude. Okay, another
0: one by Naval. Guilt is society's voice speaking in your head.
1: <gasps> this this Naval guy's got something going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I like that. I like he's that. He's going through something. I don't know if the guilt is society's voice in your head. That's... I don't know, because like guilt, guilt is you did something wrong. I don't know if that's society necessarily. And, well,
0: is, that fr- is it from our programming
1: Maybe that we did something wrong? <laughs> yeah, you're just cheating on your wife and going, this is society that's yes. telling me it's wrong. <laughs> I should be
0: able to spread my seed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, A little jagus Jumagula, a little polyamorous, you know?
0: <laughs> what's, the, what's the longest uh, you've been in a relationship?
1: Two and a half years, man. Yeah, did a little high school sweetheart situation. And so dated her from, I think, like the last 18 months of high school to the first uh, 18 of, of ASU and yeah still good friends with her she's uh, she's gay now which is cool she, you been with her, her. lesbo <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> dude that's happened that's happened like five times really? man. I'll like hook up with a girl and then like two months later she'll yeah she's got like a girlfriend <laughs> there at like a Taylor Swift concert and I'm like whoa <laughs> yeah. uh, but no I'm still still very close with her and her girlfriend There, they're great I'm, actually I'll probably go see them because they live in New York, so I'll probably probably see them this weekend.
0: Usually, because you live on your own right now. No, I do just with parents.
1: Yeah, with again, parents. that's why I say like I I am so privileged to have the, to do the position because like I'm gone so much that if I had to pay rent, it, it's stupid. It doesn't make yeah. sense because uh, commentating again, like it's 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 full time in terms of the schedule, but in terms of pay and compensation. It's not amazing. Yeah. So one day I, it will be. One day it will be hopefully, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's you know, I I like I said, won't be able to do what I'm doing right now without the support and, and the people around me.
0: Yeah. I mean if you're if you're super passionate about something and you have the opportunity to live with your parents, you definitely do it. should. Just,
1: even even if you don't, like out of college, like we were talking about, I think everybody should not have any desire to really run out into the world and because you're just you're just tacking on expenses responsibilities and um it's great like that's what my parents did when they were younger they were like dude we live with you know grandpa and grandpa for a couple years and i was like all right
0: yeah i mean to get in your own get in your own place I mean, especially anymore, you're at least looking at $2,000 for a studio.
1: Yes, in Arizona, dude, we're fucked. Our mm-hmm. housing market is trash right now. So I'm like, yeah, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll just. So do you, does your mom and stuff, when you're home, make dinner, or do you make your own dinners and stuff? I
1: cook. You know, yeah. I, I chop it up in the kitchen. I don't cook well. <laughs>
0: what usually <you should laughs> make like uh, maybe some eggs and toast or the
1: simple stuff. Yeah, I go for the easy, low hanging fruit. a Lot of chicken. You know, get a little chicken breast and then get like my minute minute cup of rice, and then I heat up some vegetables and have mm-hmm. a little. You know, good little healthy meal.
0: And then, and then uh, does your mom ever get on you about chores and stuff?
1: Nah, I, I do, I'm I'm pretty like I'm a pretty organized, clean guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're de- they're decently hands up. They live in North Carolina most of the time anyways because my brother lives out there so yeah which i was so during COVID. it's funny he moves out he's a firefighter and i don't know if you know but like az fire is probably the top state in the country for you know the leading edge in, in firefighting technology and response and um just what we have here but it's very difficult to get on with stations and he's not exactly the best test taker. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and it's, it's dumb because it's like he has so much experience. He's volunteering. He's helping out with all these cadet programs. But he just roll into the testing and he just, he would suffer. Uh, so he struggled to get on for like two years here in Arizona. And during COVID, applied to a place in North Carolina. And within like a day, they were like, dude, you're hired. And he was like, I fuck it, I'm gone. So he moved across country during COVID. And my parents were like, oh, well, you know, we want to see Andrew. And so my dad was like, let's just go get a little, little spot out there. And I was like, oh, that means he's the favorite son. <laughs> I was like, that answered that question, <laughs> yeah. you know, because if I move somewhere, you bet your ass they're not going, yeah, you know, we need to get a little spot. Like, <laughs> I'd be on my own. <laughs> Shit, that's
0: pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. For did, sure. did you end up watching the Sanhagen font?
1: Um, I so I didn't because I was doing that live stream for mm-hmm. for Wade and, and with Faye Sensei. Uh, I heard that Corey pretty much just wrestle fucked him, and I'll say this, man, like it was irritating to see the MMA community respond in that fashion because, come on, especially with how he was dealing with that shoulder that elbow injury. I'm like, you can't knock the guy. He was prepping all camp for Dagestani and takes this really explosive, powerful boxer, uh, in Rob Font on just two weeks notice to save the fight save the main event do everybody a favor and um sometimes you got to win sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to win
0: yeah i mean people don't understand everyone wants to see you just go out there and bang risk risk getting knocked out go out there and bang it's like well Corey's probably in the spot right now still where he's fighting for a win bonus yeah so he can go out there and risk getting knocked out and make one hundred fifty thousand. Whatever he's making, this could be wrong, or he could be like, "Go play it safe." I know I can wrestle this guy. I'm yeah. already injured. I don't have to risk getting knocked out, and I'll make three hundred thousand, and I'll keep my ranking, and I'll keep and moving up.
1: That title shot potential. That's you know what? Have the, the Sandhagen O'Malley fight. That'd probably be a really fun striking, you know, back and forth.
0: Oh, it's gonna be so sweet. Yeah, it's gonna be so sweet. But I, I feel like Sandhagen in that match will be his main focus to take down Sean. Probably. I yeah. think he might feel the speed difference. Uh, might get cracked, up, cracked early and might uh, wrestle him. But that's a dangerous fight because yeah. fucking Sanhagen's a motherfucker, dude.
1: I'll say this. I did. The, the one fight that I caught right before I had to start the live stream for Paul and uh, Diaz was my boy Billy Corantillo getting back in the win column. Damon Jackson's an amazing guy. He's a really, really fun fighter. Um, <clears throat> so I was upset that they were squaring off because I'm like, I know these dudes. But Billy, Billy's close friend. and Yeah. I was so, I was screaming at my TV, man. I was like, fucking, yes, yes. Yeah, he's a fucking, <laughs> he's a nice kid too, isn't he? Yeah, dude, him he's just a, a salt of the earth guy. He's got new a new baby boy, Will, and uh, you know him and his wife are just nice people. Mm-hmm. I was there in April when he got knocked the fuck out, uh, which was pff, brutal. Dude, I was, yeah, me, uh, Megan Anderson's a good friend of mine, so I'm sitting there with Megan, and I'm just like, see him walking out, I'm like, yes, his title, you know, ranking opportunity here, and then first round, just, does Megan,
0: does she have a boyfriend? Uh, No, single.
1: Yeah. Damn. She's busy though, man. You know, she's she's on the road a lot, doing a lot with ESPN. Um, acting is, is going super well for her. So she's, you know, I don't, we talk about it a lot, but I think ultimately her and I both know, like she's just a little too busy for it. Cause like yeah. it's a lifestyle thing. Like if people don't understand that lifestyle, it's ultimately going to, become insecurities or jealous. And then it's like dude, Megan doesn't need somebody that's fucking, you know, oh, you're not texting me.
0: Yeah, I mean, when someone's so yeah. passionate about something, they need to be dating someone who's passionate about their own thing. Absolutely. Or it's probably not gonna work.
1: The way that I look at it is like, eagles gotta be with eagles, you know? If I'm an eagle and I'm hanging out with the penguins, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fly, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it's, it's difficult, it's been hard for me to find somebody that is on that same wavelength. But again, at the same time, it's not really a priority. It's not it's something I'm looking for. You know, I'm, I was happy in the relationship. I'm happy with relationships, but I don't give a fuck. I, I skip Bayless it, man. I'll tell you what. I skip Bayless I'm like, my career is my priority. Mm-hmm. It's number one. Everything else comes second. Yeah. And I've, I've lived that too. a T the last three years, man. I've missed out on birthdays, holidays, everything, you know, because I'm like, this is is what I want to do, and these are the sacrifices that I need to make. That's pretty sweet.
0: You into any conspiracies at all?
1: Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. So I was, I was in, uh, I was on the grassy knoll last year in April, and uh, where you know, obviously JFK got shot, and there was a guy that was he just set up a little table. He's got a trifold presentation, and he's running through the ropes on how the FBI assassinated JFK. And he, I mean, dude, he he had binders of like photos and interviews and transcripts from people, and he's like, he's like, these ones are not released to the public. They took them down, and I have them. <laughs> just and he was like showing a, you, yeah, he was showing. me. And he was like, he was like, I have a, a DVD that you can buy. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, fuck, bought a ten dollars DVD off this dude. Um, and you I had to it. buy
0: a DVD player to also.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm okay. like, fuck. Imagine he was sending out like VHS tapes, bro. <laughs> That'd be a non-starter. Uh, no, but I think that one, that one's so interesting, and especially his, uh, just. Wealth of items and and these interviews. I'm like, well, I, you know, I mean, from the way that he was talking about it, I'm like, well, I could see it. Yeah, you know? I
0: mean, for sure. So, what about aliens and stuff? You seen much about that?
1: Nah, you know, I. Uh, did, wasn't it like two weeks ago that some government representative was like, "Oh, aliens are real," and then nobody, nobody cared. He said it on oath too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine? Could you imagine committing perjury to lie about aliens being <laughs> real? Dude, like God. it's the dumbest thing to perjure yourself for.
0: Yeah, so you don't really look into that shit much. No, What's I mean, your- I
1: love it. Like, I, dude, I, I definitely believe in it. Yeah. Like, it's too dumb for me to think okay we're the only living beings in the universe Mm -hmm. galaxies infinite galaxies we're the only dumbasses that are sitting on a rock like there's no chance i don't know if there's advanced technologies where we've got flying saucers and people getting beamed up and them stealing cows from farms and shit i don't know about all that but i can certainly see a, a scenario where you know mathematically some uh planet is positioned the same way we are and life can form You know, and then and then you talk about like, well, you get to the the organism level, cellular level, like that counts. You know, that's life. Yep. So bugs, bugs. Yeah, there's probably a couple a couple roly polies up in space. You know what I mean?
0: And then I was looking at the History Channel the other day on YouTube, and they have a top four where they saw these flying saucers or whatever, and a lot of them were the same. It's like these two dots flying. Yeah. Some really old, some really not um i'm into the
1: conspiracies a little bit but not, yeah not a ton not a not, like, not a total no you're like i'm interested I'm i just listen the to interest. the po-
0: i listen to the podcast yeah. is there what podcasts do you listen to most
1: um oh man i was i was trying to get in like some true crime podcasts recently like some unsolved mysteries or some kidnappings crimes here uh i like the always sunny in philadelphia podcast i think those guys do a great job um especially with like the video production some again some podcasts is just audio they knock it out of the park but my favorite podcast is definitely uh you know matt and shane's secret podcast well shane gillis and matt mccusker oh i've never heard of that one it's good dude it's so fucking funny they're really? the they're the most i think i mean could be wrong but i think they're the most successful patreon podcast they're making like 60 grand a month just wow. on patreon so
0: they they just do their podcast on patreon
1: I think so. Yeah. They have like a, they have an episode on Patreon, and then an episode that gets released to the public. Wow. Each week. So they yeah. just
0: do two and two.
1: Yeah. And they're, I mean, Shane Gillis is like the funniest fucking comedian in the world. Yeah, he's
0: fucking hilarious. Is he your favorite comedian?
1: I would, I think so right now, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I enjoy and they're all so different. I mean, like fighters, dude. Uh, it's the same thing with comedians. Sebastian Maniscalco, I love his physical comedy. His space work is second to none. Mm-hmm. Anthony Jeselnik, I love the deadpan delivery, the extremely dark humor. Um, but yeah, I think Gillis is just like more of that relatable bro humor. And mm-hmm. I don't, right now, that's kind of my kick.
0: Yeah, right now for me, probably... I mean, I got a bunch. Theo Vaughn. Theo's great. Andrew Schultz, fucking hilarious live, too. Uh, I watch a lot of Kill Tony. Yeah, I watch that each Kill week. Tony's excellent, yeah. He's fucking good, dude. So have you had many run-ins with Dana at all? Do you have a good relationship with him, or?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I am not sure. He. I, so I was a Howlerhead ambassador when they were running that ambassador program, and I I made a lot of like fun, you know, dumb videos uh, to like promote it uh, the way that I know how. And he sent me. It was UFC 274, I think. Um, I think I think Sean was fighting Rally on that night. Uh, I was there, and the Hallerhead team because I showed up to a couple events, and uh, they were like, "Yo, we we want to upgrade your seats." And uh, after I told them, you know, the seats that I had, they were like, well, we can't upgrade you anymore more than, than you are. And I was like, "Ah, oh, fair, fair enough. Uh, so they're like, they just sent me some merch. And Dana sent me like one of those cocktail recipes. With like, a, thanks for being a good ambassador, which I'm 99% sure is someone said, hey, just sign this. And then they put, thanks for being good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the top brass know too much about me. I mean, Brendan Fitzgerald is a, a good friend. And, you know, I, I text Annick every now and again, mostly just like, hey, crushed it. Good job, man. He's um, fucking good. He's he? dude. He's the best. He, he is really the is. absolute best. And, um, you know, there's with, with him and Brendan, they've got such enriching stories about how they got to that point. You know what I mean? And and with Fitzgerald being laid off from ESPN and then a month later getting the contender series opportunity and now five, six years on what he's turned that into is it's incredible. It's inspiring, man.
0: Yeah, it's freaking badass. Freaking badass. So could someone, if someone wanted to do the jobs that you're doing, like being a commentator and stuff, is there schooling for that even or not? I mean,
1: so there's sports broadcasting that you can go into. So if you went through a collegiate process, from my understanding, I don't know too much about it, but if, if I had to speculate, you'd go through like a sports journalism, you'd get with like a program on campus or something, and then you'd maybe call. Uh, like the ASU baseball or you do the ASU uh, hockey matches, live stream to maybe not like the official ones, right? But maybe another live stream that you get to get reps on. And uh, then on, say I think same process. You take that reel and you send it to somebody and then hopefully you get that opportunity. and Get it popping. Yeah, because like I don't uh, genuinely like I don't know because there's not that many opportunities. You know, especially think about in, in mixed martial arts, especially UFC's got two guys. PFL has Sean O'Connell uh one championship just hired a dude for their you know amazon events bellator's got maro and, and big john there's not that many spaces yep. uh so to get to the top you kind of have to approach it from an unconventional angle which is why i'm glad i didn't fucking study it because yep. i'm like there's a mold that i probably would have you know subscribed to and we sure I'm, I'm not not interested in doing that yeah for sure
0: so here we go breaking here hasim Rahman jr is confirmed as the official backup opponent for logan paul
1: Wow, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, Haseem, I saw that they had a potential offer for that Anthony Joshua fight, Haseem Rahman Jr. and Joshua, but it makes sense to get a back up because, again, Dylan's not showing up. And this is the, here, actually, you know what? Still an open invitation. Dylan. You wanna fucking mess around, we can mess around. Mm-hmm. Uh but again, he didn't show up to that. Didn't he's not gonna show up to this. So Asim and Logan, I think that's a fun fight. It seems a good boxer. I Sorry. wish
0: Dylan would drop a vlog of like what he
1: does every day. <laughs> like where does he live? What the fuck does he do? <laughs> yeah, I'm like genuinely, what the fuck does this guy do at this time? I is he legit just always in the gym training and never doing shit, or is he Hell at no. home? We don't know.
0: But I mean you watch him training at all, it's like he's definitely not in the gym doing it constantly, no. or he'd look better than that.
1: What do you think about Logan Paul's WWE, you know, career? It's pretty badass. Yeah, dude. It's fucking badass.
0: <laughs> Him and uh, Jake Paul got on into it quite on a them bit. On yeah. yeah. You're playing both sides, man.
1: I think I think there's some validity to that. Again, I don't know much about it, uh, or their relationship necessarily, but it's kinda shitty uh to start an energy drink company with the dude who your brother probably hates the most. Mm. You know, like you're beefing with a guy and then his brother's like, yo, I'm gonna go be in business with him that's kind of a dick move so i don't know we'll see logan talking about how he's a better boxer and you know i went toe-to-toe with floyd you didn't go toe-to-toe with floyd mayweather you existed in the same ring with him for a Mm -hmm. period of time Mm -hmm. it wasn't toe-to-toe so logan i think both guys are just way too up here they're too egotistical they think they're a lot better than they are just businessmen Um, just which you have to be you have to be man
0: yeah yeah ball and businessmen. last one here main event uh stipe and john jones yeah. That's the next four main events. It's Sugar, Aljo, Strickland, Izzy, Islam, Charles, John Jones, Stepe.
1: Man, I think Jones is done after this one. I think he retires on top. I, I love Stepe Miochich, again, great story. The firefighting connects with me personally. Uh but at his age, coming off of the loss that he that he had to in Ganu, I just I don't know. I don't I maybe stipe a little bit more in his prime you know four years ago that would have been pretty competitive everything's boxing was pretty good uh but it's just dude it's it's hard to imagine anyone beating john jones
0: yeah for sure i do feel like this might be his toughest test i mean like you said four years ago maybe though because fucking stipe is beast bro he can wrestle and he can box really
1: well and I mean, he's been on the sidelines who knows maybe he's just been sharpening the tools yeah he's healing been, up yeah healing up Getting the strength and conditioning a little bit better and turning back the clock. I think, like you were talking about with the sleep, you know, there's a lot you can do to de-age yourself. Almost, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Stuff you can take to your body and uh, you know turn that that biological clock back. So who knows? Maybe Stepe, I think 40, 41. Maybe he'll look like he's 32. You know, yeah. who knows?
0: It seems like the heavyweights can scrap a lot, a lot
1: longer, a lot, longer. lot yeah. older. The longevity.
0: Is you uh, keep up with Andrew Tate much?
1: Not particularly. You know, I know I know. you guys did the pod with him in, in Abu Dhabi. I don't really love a lot of his stuff, man. I mean, uh-huh. he's he's polarizing, which you have to be. You yeah. have to have those opinions and get people talking. But it's just too sketchy, man. It's a little too sketchy for me with the, the sex trafficking bullshit and, um, you know, him just flaunting the, the cam girl business. I'm like, more power to you, dude. But that's not my vibe. Yeah. Not big into him, huh? Yeah. I guess, like again you know we're talking about belief systems i'm you you want to empower yourself the way you want to empower yourself more you know credit to you but um when i hear stories about like kindergartners doing all the alpha male and the the cobra tate shit and talking back to their teachers and just like the disrespect that they've generated by watching Andrew Tate and you know these elementary school teachers are like I can't fucking deal with these kids anymore uh, because they're insane and I'm like that's that's where it becomes a little bit problematic and the dogma of Andrew Tate is where I'm like all right, you know, cuz these kids don't know any better. So they'll just like fucking women are objects and I'm like you're five. <laughs> like it's not
0: Fine, a, I'll fucking uh, have a vagina then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but so I don't know, you know, I think um you know, Tate and his brother, they're they've they got a lot of problems on their play right now, so
0: All right, we're right at an hour. thanks for coming in, Ben. You're taking off right after this?
1: Yeah, yeah, to the airport. Where you going again? New York, yep. Flex Fight Series is Friday. And then UFL 3. I'm going to be back here doing UFL, hopefully. Um, not the commentating, but some pre-show, post-show stuff. So I don't know if you guys are... Well, you're, oh, shit, you're going to be in Boston, right?
0: Yeah. The Flex one, yeah. is that on Fight Pass? or?
1: No, nah, dude. They've got their own like distribution, I think, like Spectation Sports or Throwdown Sports or something. Oh, cool. So Yeah. Sweet. I don't know about regional promotions putting their stuff behind a paywall. I've been vocal about this, especially with Flex. I'm like, yo, you're just limiting exposure for sure. and audience building. But
0: yeah, sweet. So that. Well, thanks for popping in. You can check out uh, Ben. Is your Twitter's at Ben Davis, right?
1: At Ben the Bane Davis.
0: At Ben the Bane Davis. Uh, check him out, and uh, check out Patreon.com/slash Redhawk Academy. I'll have a bunch of the um, behind the scenes stuff for this Boston trip and um, stuff going on on there, and then hopefully. Garrett's going to bring all the pod equipment and we'll do a Red Hawk recap next week. But if not, we'll see you the week after. But for sure, on Patreon, I'll go live and we'll do some stuff. So thanks again, Ben. Thank you. All right. Love you all. Hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.